Star Wars 7x7 episode 3142. The Clone Conspiracy is the first episode of the mid-season double-up happening for the Bad Batch. It is episode 7 from season 2. An episode of political intrigue that is as masterful as any of the similar episodes we saw in the Clone Wars. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we'll do our typical seven takeaway breakdown of this episode. We are in full spoiler territory just to give you the clear heads up about that. And we'll start things off with a very interesting parallel that happens in this episode. The episode starts at the Clone Cantina 79s, and the action will return to there later on in the episode. This is significant because the last time we saw 79s was in Season 6 of The Clone Wars. It was the episode entitled Orders, and it was part of the arc where Fives is trying to get to the bottom of a clone conspiracy. In this particular case, the deal with the chips that made people you know, go crazy with Order 66, but they hadn't done that yet. But the whole good soldiers follow orders things started to leak out and Fives was investigating that situation on the DL. And now we return with two clone officers, Cade and Slip, neither of whom have appeared previously in Star Wars media, but we know from their dialogue that they were present during the bombardment of Topoka City and other cities on Kamino. And they're also aware that it is being sold to the general public as a cataclysmic storm that destroyed all of these places on Kamino. So Cade wants to reveal it and has already communicated with Rampart giving him a chance to come clean. Bad idea, of course, and we knew that to begin with, but surprise, surprise, a sniper shows up and assassinates Cade. Slip is able to escape and then tries to connect with someone to, you know, help finish what Cade had started. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out for Slip either as these kinds of conspiracy things go. But before Slip dies, he is able to pass on vital information that may prove what happened on Kamino, assuming that Senator Chuchi and Captain Rex are able to get access to this information. And yes, I know that the follow-up episode, Truth and Consequences, is already out, so a solution to this might actually exist, but for the purposes of this episode, we are going to pretend as if Truth and Consequences isn't out there, and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode. For a second takeaway, let's talk about that cataclysmic storm. The thing that's really shocking in this episode is that Everyone seems to buy the cataclysmic storm story, with the exception of a few senators like Bail Organa. But yeah, the fact that nobody is questioning this, especially considering what Bail Organa says to Senator Chuchi about how the you know, city is submersible and how it's weathered storms for you know, however long and it's never been a problem and suddenly this one storm is the thing that does it in. How unlikely a scenario is this? And yet, it seems the Senate at large is not willing to question this really bizarre scenario. So this may be an indication that people are already scared about speaking out against the Empire, and we kind of get that idea from Slip as well, because he says that any clones who were you know, talking about this were either reassigned or have disappeared or were just plain killed. 
For a third takeaway though, it seems like silence is the choice of people who are close to the source of power in the galaxy because we hear multiple accounts of how there are insurgents in the mid-rim and outer rim. The banking clan and the commerce guild senators are particularly concerned about this, as you would expect from them. And Bail Organa says that the Emperor must be scared about this stuff when he has a secret meeting with Senator Chuchi talking about how these insurgents are rising up and that if things boil over too far, some systems may actually start opposing the Republic in a similar fashion to how separatist systems oppose the Republic. At least, you know, <laughs> it looks like a parallel from the outside, even though we know obviously that the whole thing was staged and manipulated by Sidious and Dooku. But yeah, you know, be that as it may, it still kind of looks the same externally with systems rebelling against what's happening in the Republic. For a fourth takeaway, Bale correctly identifies that the clone rights situation is part of a larger picture, and we see part of that playing out in the Senate machinations over the defense recruitment bill, and the conversation about how they are going to, as a republic, deal with the clone troopers now that their services are no longer needed. Are they going to get pensions? Are they going to be taken care of in some fashion now that the war is over for them? And this whole thing, the political machinations related to decommissioning the clones, as they put it, and starting up conscription through the Defense Recruitment Act, this is the kind of political stuff that we saw in the Clone Wars that is just so fascinating. And, you know, when it was in the Clone Wars, you were kind of like, well, is this show a kid's show or is it an adult show? But really it's both. And it's fascinating how well they navigate these very complicated political situations and still do it in a way that makes it very easy to absorb and understand. I mean, they're talking about some seriously difficult issues like how do you care for your veterans how do you care for your warriors once the war is ended what is your obligation as a society to these people and speaking of those political machinations we find out that Tarkin has talked to Masameda and told him that Rampart is supposed to make sure the defense recruitment bill gets through the Senate and assured Masameda that Rampart would get it done but it certainly seems like there are some speed bumps along the way and Masameda is giving Rampart the business over it. So Tarkin and Masameda are both aware that this is a cover-up and that the situation on Camino was not a cataclysmic storm, it was just outright genocide. And that means that the Emperor must be aware and in on this as well. And there's a pointed reference to the fact that the Emperor is not present in any of these senatorial proceedings. I feel like that's a situation where you know they're setting us up to have the Emperor show up at a later point. And I think we've seen him in teasers and trailers and whatnot anyway. So that's a little bit of a key to, oh yeah, we're probably going to see the Emperor show up sometime in the middle of this after all. And for a sixth takeaway, we'll talk about Rampart's other machinations, which involve Clone X. That is how he is named on the Star Wars databank. He is a commando who specializes in top secret missions. Now, Clone X is also a true believer in what the Empire is doing, which makes him similar to Crosshair in that regard. I gotta say, it's really kind of disturbing when you meet one of these true believer characters. We have Crosshair, whose face we've seen, I think that's what I'm really getting at, the fact that 
the clone troopers who have succumbed to Order 66 and who are carrying out the Empire's orders, it's one thing to just see the faceless clone troopers doing this, but it's another thing entirely to look in the eyes of someone like Clone X and see their commitment to the Empire and its cause, let alone to see them bite down on an electrified suicide pill, the same kind of thing that we saw from that Imperial captain in chapter 11 of The Mandalorian. That's the one that takes place on Trask with Bo-Katan and her other Mando friends, but yeah, I digress. So I think it was probably a done deal anyway. I think that Clone X was going to have to die one way or the other because he recognized Captain Rex, so there's no way that Rex could let him go because Rex is supposed to be dead. Nobody's supposed to know that Rex is alive, so I don't see how Clone X could have walked out of it one way or another, but he certainly made it easy on Rex by just taking the electrified way out by himself. So now we get to wait and see whether Rex and Chuchi are going to try and get to the bottom of this conspiracy and find the evidence and make it public to show the galaxy what Rampart has been up to. Yes, I know, Truth and Consequences is already out there, so the answer's probably been already given, but, you know, people may be coming to this episode a little bit later, and so let's just take one at a time. And for a seven takeaway, I'll just flag the fact that we have a lot of cameos in this episode, including Tucci, who appeared in several episodes of The Clone Wars previously. Bail Organa, of course, as mentioned, and it's wonderful to see him and Phil Lamar is back voicing him. And Rex, of course. And Rex actually gives us another little Easter eggy thing, which is very fun, where they end up interrogating Clone X. According to Rex, it's his friend's garage, and they're not there right now. Well, the friends are the Martez sisters. Yes, we saw them most recently in season one of The Bad Batch in Decommissioned, and we also saw them in season seven of The Clone Wars too. So that was a nice little wink and a nod. And that's what I've got for you on our seven takeaway breakdown of The Clone Conspiracy, which is season two, episode seven of The Bad Batch. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.